Hi, I'm Dr. Mila Brujic, and today we're joined with Harman Shima on scaling your optometric practice on the Optometric Insights Show. Dr. Harman Shima, welcome and thank you for being on the podcast. I've known you since you were a youngin, and you made me so proud. Uh, so please tell for for those in the audience that may not know as much of your background as I do, share with them where you went to optometry school, when you graduated, and really what you're involved in now, Harmon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mila. Um, you know, I, I definitely look up to you and Dave as as mentors, and I'm happy to say as friends too. So I really appreciate everything that that you've done for for my development in the profession thus far. And I'm really, really excited to be on the show. Um, so I, I went to Ohio State for optometry school and graduated in 2015. And at the time of my graduation, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, was finishing law school at, at Ohio State. And she had another year left. So I actually had a practice in Cleveland because I grew up in the Cleveland area. And for those of you who don't know, Cleveland is about two hours from Columbus where Ohio State is. Um, I had a practice lined up that I was actually going to purchase. And I decided to halt or pump the brakes on it because I wanted to stay in Columbus for another year to be closer to my girlfriend. And um, so what I decided to do instead was, hey, I'm going to be in Columbus for a short period of time. What do I do as far as work goes? Well, let me join a retail practice because it's quick. It's easy. I'm not going to be you know, beholden to anyone that might want me there for a while and I can leave when I need to. So I joined a Pearl Vision in Columbus and this provision happened to be a franchise group called West Point Optical. And uh, it was what I found when, when working there was that it was like the perfect marriage between retail and private practice. And it, this hybrid really intrigued me. Um, and, and above that, there were just a lot of opportunities for internal growth. So, you know, seven years later, here I am working for the same company um, in a much different role. Uh, and, and I am back up in Cleveland now practicing. So my technical role is vice president of professional services for West Point Optical Group, which is a Pearl Vision franchise. And I see patients uh, on average around three to four days a week. And the other days I spend doing um, administrative work. And we can kind of dive into that. Yeah, I was going to say, tell me a little bit more about that, because that's where really we want to kind of do the deep dive. First and foremost, Harmon, I think it's so important that you still have that practical aspect on the practice. So you really are, for lack of a better way to describe it, practice what you're kind of teaching and entrenching in sharing with colleagues um, within the West Point group. But talk to me about the role of VP professional development and what that means when it specifically comes to scaling and making things larger and reproducible. Sure. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges of owning multiple offices is, you know, streamlining your operations, both from a business aspect and clinically. And I think the owner um, of the of West Point Optical quickly realized this once he got past the 20 to 30 mark. Uh, I think he was able to handle it up until that point. Um, but as he kept growing, he kind of saw a need for someone overseeing the clinical side that actually was immersed in it on a daily basis. So someone who, who is an OD. And we have a chief medical officer, um, and then we have myself. And he and I kind of work hand in hand on overseeing the clinical operations of the company. So 
What that entails is um, professional services that we want to offer, such as dry eye management or myopia management. How do we create a cookbook approach that all of our ODs can can model uh, so that we make it easy for any West Point optical optometrist to provide a service and kind of have a guidebook to do so. And so that it's a consistent service across all of our locations. Um, Another aspect or responsibility of the job is is training doctors. So when we acquire new offices, um, John, who's the chief medical officer, John Womack or myself, will be on site at those offices, um, training the doctors on using our electronic health records, but also getting them comfortable with the culture of our company and welcoming them to the company as well. Um, so there's just a couple of the responsibilities that we have. Well, Harmon, I think that's that's great. And to, to know that you're devoted to that, I think is really, really interesting. You know, as you start to kind of build out these I don't want to say protocol, but these these kind of steps to to really what it is. I think there's benefits to masses because then you start to see what what plans really work and what plans really don't work and how they need to be modified. I guess the next question I have for you, Herman, is how frequently do you and John feel like you have to modify those clinical protocols just because of the new stuff that's coming out? I mean, is it something that you readdress every year, every six months? How how do you guys handle and manage that? Sure. Yeah, it's very much a dynamic process, uh, just like anything in healthcare, right? And um, we certainly don't want to tell our doctors how to manage patients from a therapeutic standpoint, right? We want them to rely on continuing education and stay abreast to uh, all the new treatment protocols. Uh, But we ourselves have to do the same um, so that they can kind of look to us as, as guides and resources if we need to provide that information. Um, but we certainly are revisiting our, our protocols. I know you said you didn't want to use that word, but <laughs> our, our approach, if you will, uh, every six months or so. Um, yeah. And, and the other thing is, you know, we're mainly focused on sort of like the pricing and the logistics of the clinical care rather than the clinical care itself. Um, because, you know, we, like I said earlier, we don't really want to tell doctors how to practice, but we certainly want to make it easy for them to um, treat myopia, for example. You know, if, if your patient or if a doctor wants to do my sight lenses, um, how much are they going to charge for the lenses? How much are they going to charge for the follow-up visits? Um, you know, all these questions are, are questions that we need to answer and lay out for our doctors. I think the good thing too with establishing those steps, the protocol, so to speak, are um, you provide the doctors with the technologies that you want them ha- having access to. So, for example, if you want like a certain lens, okay, let's make sure that we have access to it. If there's a certain technology that's required in the d- dry eye space, okay, let's make sure that we have access to it in those offices. I think that's, I think that's really, really an interesting thing. So. Harmon, talk to us about the scaling process, though. I mean, how, I understand the importance of protocols, but how easy or how difficult is that to really take it and then implement it into each one of those practices? So it, it's it's certainly not easy, but it's certainly rewarding. Um, and just, you know, high level, I, I've learned a lot uh, over the past couple of years in this in this role. And there's so much that I myself didn't know, right? Because we were trained to be good clinicians in optometry school, 
but unless you have a business background, uh, a lot of this is, is foreign to you when you start practicing and you're kind of learning on the fly. Um, so just looking at the process as a whole, you know, I think the biggest take home with scaling is to make it efficient before you scale. So no matter how large your practice is now, you want to perfect one location first. Um, and, and that means creating streamlined processes. You want to identify your highest performing revenue streams, whether it's a specific service that you offer, maybe certain frames that you offer, um, scleral lenses, and identify a few of those that you really want to focus on and perfect those you know, so that you can replicate them and duplicate them as much as you want to. Um, and that requires some investment. You know, you have to invest in the technologies that can make things more efficient, or you have to invest in manpower uh, by having employees and by, you know, increasing your payroll um, so that you can have a smooth operation. Um, one of the analogies I, I love is, is a rowing analogy. So when you're, when you're looking at your staff, you really want to make sure that every employee is working as efficiently as possible. And if you think of rowers in a boat, you know, you could have six people in a boat and they're all rowing, but maybe two of them are not. Maybe two of them are rowing at a slower pace. And then you have the other four that are rowing at a much faster pace. And you might think that things are running smoothly and say, hey, I, I want to go a little faster. So I think I'm going to, what do I need to do? Do I need to add more rowers or do I need to make my rowers work harder? Well, let me add more rowers. So you might add two more rowers but those rowers might not be rowing at the same pace either. And the net is that your boat is still going the same speed. So you really want to make sure that the employees that you have are, are operating effectively and efficiently and that you're not overpaying, but also, you know, finding that balance between uh, not overpaying, but also not having burnout, burnt out employees as well. That's just one example. Good tips, Harmon. So, I, I've been dying to ask you this specific question. So you've been in this practice for the last seven years. And for the last few years, you kind of had this uh, VP professional services role. If there was one thing where you're like, this is like, there's a lot of important things and there, and it's based on a lot of things. But if there's that one kind of nugget where you're like, this is the one thing that I think is probably the most important thing to focus on, in particular, when you're looking for scaling that that ability to take something and then make multiples of that successful model what, what would you say that is armin well i'm gonna say two things because i feel like they go hand in hand and i i would start of course you are <laughs> because as you for one you're always going to overachieve and bring it bring it back to me with two i just i just want to give you more things to think about mila um i i would say training so having an efficient training process down that you can easily replicate, whether it's a tech, whether it's an OD, whether it's a, an optician or sales associate, um, just having a very efficient, um, reproducible training protocol that instills the values that you want your employees to have in them, right? For them to all understand why, first of all, why are they doing what they're doing? Because that's so important um, for them to have that drive and that purpose. And then secondly, how do they do it? And making sure it's the same across every location. And I think that's achievable through good training. And then communication. I think communication is key. 
you know, we, we all know that we need to have regular meetings as a practice. And that's easy. If you're just one location, you can easily just get coffee in the morning. Um, but what do you do when you have five locations? Do you really want to cram 40 people into a Dunkin' Donuts? So, you know, you need to get creative about how you meet and how you disseminate information. Um, at our practice, we have separate biweekly Zoom calls for the optometrists, for the techs, and for the store managers, as well as a daily Zoom call for the executive team. And we also have a newsletter for our optometrists. Um, we have a group chat on GroupMe, and we have three to four in-person summits annually. You know, so communicate, and, and those are all opportunities for us to communicate and make sure that all the employees are, are, are aligned on the objectives and the mission of, of the company. That's great. Well, Herman, listen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, just picking your brain a little bit on this topic. I know that this is at the thought and the mind of a lot of practitioners, both um, in commercial settings and also in private practices. And uh, you've really brought in some kind of interesting insights to the forefront. So thank you, Harmon, for being our guest today. Thanks, Mila, for having me. Uh, it, was, it was an absolute pleasure. And thank you all for joining us on this episode of the OI Show with Dr. Harmon Chima on Scaling the Optometric Practice. 